we are ready to get going. How's it going out there? Hope it's going well. My name is Andrew Kuhn. Of course, sitting alongside co-founder here at Focus Compounding, Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how's it going today? It's going very well, Andrew. How's it going with you? It's it's going. It is going well. So thank you very much for asking. Hope everyone's having a, a good day and you are excited to listen to the topic today, which, of course, mm-hmm. this is an investing topic um, podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about scuttlebutts and what scuttlebutt you've done in the past and sort of what um, you think it means and what it means to you and mm-hmm. um sort of a little new tool that people can maybe add to their investing toolkit if they're not constantly or currently um, doing any sort of scuttlebutt and, you know, stuff along those lines. Um, of course, this is the audio part of our, our business. Um, if you are interested in getting access to investment ideas and write-ups by other like-minded investors, um, individual investors, fund managers, uh, professional investors, um, people all over the world, really, feel free to go to focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the promo code, which is podcast. Uh, that will bring your subscription price down. Um, and of course, if you do like the podcast, feel free to give us uh, five stars. That does help broaden our reach and and uh, extend our audience. Of course, that is how iTunes works. Um, but anyway, so uh, topic, Scuttlebutt. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to you and, and sort of what is Scuttlebutt and how it relates to investing? Okay, so the term is from Phil Fisher, um, and he wrote Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits. And um, it, so basically it means um, getting information that you as an investor will use um, from sources that aren't the financial statements, from talking to people about the company. So like insider trading? Yeah, yeah, so insider trading. Um, So what he means is talking to um, uh, people. Sometimes he means talking to people who are like executives at the company, uh, talking to people about uh, competitors, things like that. Customers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you hear Warren Buffett sort of mention these sorts of things a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, Scuttlebutt. Um, Like when he talked about investing in Apple, he talked about going um, and seeing what was happening at the Nebraska Furniture Mart. They sell electronics there. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he was able to see um, how people were trading in their iPhones for other iPhones, things like that. So it's a lot of things, seeing um, sort of behavior there and talking to people. So he, like he would talk to employees that were there and about um, uh, what was going on there and customer behavior. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the way that I find that it's most helpful is talking to people who are in some way re- um, deal with customers and have an idea of how customers make decisions. And we did a fair amount of scuttlebutt for the reports uh, there's like two dozen reports on the website and those are an old uh, newsletter from 2013 to 2016 mm-hmm. that I wrote. in the stocks a to z section yeah right. it's in yeah. the stocks a to z section of the website uh-huh so and the, and maybe you could use from your experience so like for example if you wrote up about fossil or mavado or we could even mm-hmm. say breeze eastern sure who did you talk to would you reach out to the customers or other business like uh, competitors eastern, we reach out to the customers uh huh. Yeah. So the people operating the actual helicopter fleets. How would you find their customers? Uh, that's pretty easy. Companies put out press releases and things like that. They mm-hmm. have um, models, so they'll mention like what model it is or something, and then you just copy and paste that into things to look up for who's took deliveries of what things. Like, there's a ton of press releases out there that say, um, uh, you know, the internet works very well that way. That's something that Phil Fisher didn't have, but. You know, if you ha- if you can take certain product names and things and put them in there, um, then you'll find someone saying that they, you know, bought six of these things or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think 
Do you think it's almost um, it's better to do scuttlebutt? You think on smaller companies? Yes. I mean, because like Facebook, for example, or if you're gonna invest in Google, Facebook, it's probably worthless, right? You could just yeah. do a Google search. Right. Right. But like in smaller companies, to learn more about the business that may not have a lot of press coverage or a lot of information out there other than the 10k yeah the issue with like scuttlebutt would still make sense even with a big company if you were somehow figuring out something different about the business than other people know Mm -hmm. but the problem is that the things that really matter like the business model customer behavior things like that Mm -hmm. people already know that with with companies like um google and facebook and so Mm -hmm. like people know that people are addicted to using facebook every day yeah so you're not going to find out something that other people don't know about that um, but with um, scuttlebutt that we do, like with Breeze Eastern, but you, you, it's a specific question that you have. So it would be like with Breeze Eastern, it was, why don't you switch from one company to the other? You know, things like that. Um, and they gave us answers to that, and it was useful. Um, but it could be useful for bigger companies too. I think it would be useful in cases like Granger, which you wrote up, things like that. Um, uh, but you have to find the people and be able to talk to them. How do you propose the question? Like, do you just say, "Hey, I'm an investor. I want to learn more about your business, or more learn about more about this"? Or with small, so it depends. Are you like nonchalant about it? Like, hey, you know, I mean, like, how do you approach it? It depends. So, with bigger companies, public companies, companies that um, reporters try to talk to and stuff, um, there is an issue that they'll just refer you to investor relations, um, and they won't talk to you. Um, for people who have like, um, general manager type responsibility, like profit and loss responsibility for smaller units of the business, they will talk to you happily. So the easiest ones are like, um, anything that has a, um, branch manager or something, cause mm-hmm. they'll always talk to you. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's weird to, um, just show up on the CEO's doorstep and ask him questions? <laughs> like, Warren, like Warren Buffett did. Um, I don't know. You know, an interesting thing about CEOs, uh-huh. Um, or top executives generally is that they're, uh, for whatever reason, they're much more, many of them are much more into, I have a free moment, so I'm going to talk to you. Yeah. Right. Then wanting, like, if you say, let me send you a list of questions or something, Mm -hmm. that's not a good way to approach them. Uh, but you'd be surprised that they're like, yeah, how about I call you when I have 15 minutes free? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll do that a lot. That's interesting. Have you ever talked to a CEO on the phone? I've or intentionally like? not talked to CEOs. I've been offered really? the possibility to talk to them and yeah. I've done it. You know, it's so funny because and I, I talked about in a few podcasts ago um, that I read the book Dead Companies Walking. Mm-hmm. Every CEO is going to be, I mean, obviously very optimistic about their company, even when mm-hmm. things are you know going down in flames because that's sort of their job to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, I could see how not wanting to talk to a CEO because, I mean, they can you can almost get seduced in, in their persuasiveness and, and whatever because of course they're going to be wildly optimistic about their business sure you yeah know? That, that's a, a thing that can happen there um uh, the biggest concern that i have with it is that they're going to frame it a certain way mm-hmm. and then you sort of frame it that way too yeah um and i've talked about that before like um uh you know the, they present the narrative a certain way um uh we had a write-up on the website about simpress which is uh the old Vista print. And that was a warning that I had to the person who was writing that up. I, I talked to him and stuff about the write up. And, um, the big thing that I was warning him is, you know, be careful because you're having read the customer, uh, having read the uh, investor presentation and things like that. This company presents things. They, they kind of present, um, I guess you would call it like steady state, free cash flow, or owner earnings or whatever you want to call it. So they kind of break out for you. Here's the expenses we think are for growth and those that aren't and stuff like that. It 
you're likely to think in the same terms that they do because they present it that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's always a big issue with these sorts of things. But see, that's something that can happen even with investor presentation. It doesn't have to be talking to the um, the CEO. I do read all the inv- the earnings call transcripts. Mm-hmm. So and I and I'll read interviews and things. I like to usually do it um, in print whenever possible instead of listening. Do you because th- it removes biases or what? Yeah. Focus on wh- what was said, not how yeah, it was said. Yeah, and I take notes and things on it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Do you consider Scuttlebutt? I mean, just simply using the product, or you know, it, like obviously, if you were mm-hmm. probably to invest in Uber or Lyft sure. you'd, or Airbnb, you'd want to go use the product. Yeah. So a lot of those things can help you out in understanding it. Um, I saw like I, when I was researching DreamWorks, I saw, I tried to see as many movies as possible in theaters at that time. I watched movies that they had. Uh, I listened to commentary tracks to figure out things about how the, um, like to take notes on how the business sort of worked and stuff. Cause there's a lot of things that you can get information that way. There's a lot of things that you can get with first without actually talking to people. So first you try and Phil Fisher talks about this. What's really important when you talk to people is that you have very specific questions for them and they're convinced that you know a lot about the business. Mm-hmm. And generally when we asked questions of anyone who's like, so um, I never talked directly to a CEO. We certainly talked to quite a few CFOs mm-hmm. um, and, and people of um, like a level below that. And um, it helps a lot if you know a lot about the business uh, and they're convinced that you know a lot about it and yeah. then they're, they're much more open to talking to you. So you drop some information in there that, that maybe isn't public information, but that's easy to, um, for you to gather to figure sure. out from public information. Yeah. And that, then they're much more helpful that way. Uh-huh. So, so generally what you do is you start with scuttlebutt. That's like, um, the internet's very useful for that. So like one example is I always use Glassdoor. Really? See what the employees always, are saying? Yeah. And it's not because I'm interested in whether the employees like their jobs or anything like that. Uh-huh. It's because it'll give me tons of information about things like how well paid they are. Culture. Not, culture, the benefits, the employee turnover. But also it'll give information just in terms of, yeah, and you can use other sites too, not just Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. You can use things like LinkedIn and stuff. Yeah. Um, it has, what are the descriptions? What are the people's titles? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what are they hiring for in certain places? Read um, when they put out a notices to hire people right? Because they have a job opening. Well, they may have information about responsibilities, right? Sure. So it seems pretty boring, but you read what that is and you get a better idea for what the company actually does. It's so interesting because you can learn so much about the business even outside of the 10K and everything like that, you know, like actually using the product, Googling around, reading articles about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You you referenced Glassdoor. Yeah. We had a write-up recently about um, uh, Computer Services Inc. And that's one where I really encourage the person who wrote it up to look at uh, the Glassdoor reviews and stuff to get an idea of, of the culture and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned to some people when they had some questions about uh, NACA, which I own, I pointed them to the Glassdoor things where it mm-hmm. talks a little bit about them because they were like, um, they had the feeling that the people might be very high paid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the impression you get from reading the Glassdoor thing that they're pretty really? happy. Really? The miners, yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And so do you, do you always do some sort of scuttlebutt, you think, in your... I mean, in your investing? Uh, not always. Um, so some things it's pretty hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Peter I, Lynch was pretty big on it as well, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he always talked about like a lot of his ideas would come from, I think he said like shopping with his daughters to see like sure. where they would shop, what they wanted and, and sort of stuff like yeah, that. It's yeah. It's great to have ideas that come from that. I, I, I did an interview recently where I talked about the fact that uh, in high school I worked 
as a cashier at a ShopRite, uh, yeah. which is a um, supermarket, large format supermarket in New Jersey area. Um, and it got me two stock ideas. One was that company, which is Village Supermarket, and the other was Coinstar. Because I saw how people used Coinstar there. Sure. I saw how helpful it was to the store in, in bringing in more revenue for them. And I also saw that the people didn't care what the commission was on it. So I could tell that Coinstar could raise their, their commission rates and stuff. Um, that they were like, it was as if they had found money, right? And then they use it right there in the store. They give you the receipt for it to, sure. to buy things there. Yeah. So you just, it was a very attractive business that way. And that's something that I you could get probably from reading the um annual report and things like that. But it's really doing them both together. That's the key is seeing things in person and then also reading it um, and working from the two uh, together. That, mm-hmm. That's really how you do it. Uh, I would say that investing just on the basis of Scubbo would be pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But investing just on the basis of financial statements, that's easy if the stock is really cheap or if it's super predictable. Uh huh. Do you ever talk to management before investing in an idea or like IR or something, some people that have to do with a company. Like there's some people that have concrete mm-hmm. rules. Like I won't invest unless like go see management no. or go see, you know, absolutely not. No, uh huh, no. And I also find that some, uh, the more scuttlebutt you do. And, and I can't think of the quote where Buffett said this, but it rang very true to me. So I wish that I, I could find where he said this, but basically what he said is that he did a lot of scuttlebutt early on mm-hmm. in his career. Yeah. And the more scuttlebutt that you do, the less that you actually need to do it because you can do it more on publicly available information without talking to anyone and kind of putting together some clues about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's true. Um, it, it's uh, People always think that there's going to be some like really great um, little tidbits of like um, – like, I mean, you were joking about it, but like insider information, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they think that they're going to get. And we got some strange things from people. Like, you know, people would tell you things. Um, uh, we got some things, people talking negatively about CEOs of some things. Yeah. We got several times people telling us that they thought a company was going to be bought out. They were convinced that that was going to happen. Wow. Um, yeah. not It's never happened that a company that I was told would be bought out was bought out for a variety of reasons. Sure. Um, uh, they might have been correct that the person was meeting with someone who, who worked at a private equity firm or something, but that doesn't mean that the company's going to be bought out. Sure. Um, or they might be correct. The person wanted to leave. It's like the game of telephone, right? Mm-hmm. You tell a bunch of like things and by the time it gets to the end of the last person, it's a completely different story. Yeah. And sometimes I think they were right. Like in one case, I think the CEO probably would have liked to have left at some point, yeah. but ended up having to stay and, you know, uh, things didn't go so well and the, you know, didn't work out. But that's the kind of information I think people really are excited about um, when they haven't done a lot of scope in the past. That's not really the stuff that's that useful. Mm. Um, that's very unreliable. Uh, usually we didn't put any of that into the reports. Uh, and even if we did, it's like in the notes and it's redacted stuff. Um, I don't think it's very useful. I th- the, the things that are very useful are like information about customer behavior um, and especially things about customer behavior. Um, sometimes there's some useful things about culture and stuff. It depends on, on the business. Uh, th- there's also ones where you don't need that much scale, but because the annual reports are so good, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Howden Joinery in the UK. They have a really great, um, annual report that they put out that has most of the information that I would get from Scuttlebutt. Do you think you, it's a good place to actually, talk to um past employees which i'm sure you could find from yeah. linkedin like why they leave was it something within the business how cultural mm-hmm. how that yeah means? so yeah. we talked to past employees i think a, a big risk for people is that they often want to figure out um whenever they hear scuttlebutt 
they want to figure out if it's positive or negative. Sort of like they're just adding up points, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like like I'm saying go to Glassdoor, but what happens to people go to Glassdoor and it's like here's the Glassdoor rating and and I don't know if that matters a lot to it or not. Sure. I don't know if driving your employees too hard and stuff is necessarily I was gonna say a like bad a- thing. Like Amazon, for example. I don't I've never looked at the glass door, but from being familiar with the company, I know it's incredibly intense. Right. I, so there may yeah. be some employees that got driven out or whatever who would write up bad reviews when I mean obviously Amazon's a great business, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you read some of the things on Glassdoor, and it's like, you know, um, th- they need to prioritize customers less and employees more, you yeah. know? Um, <laughs> and, and at other ones, it's like, this place is really great. It's You don't have to work that hard, and, yeah. and they're, they're not going to fire you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it, it depends. Um, but, you can, but it's usually pretty good consensus on what they're f- um, focused on and what's unusual about the business. So like, um, uh, like when I mentioned computer services or something, the continual thing that they mention is that the pay isn't the base pay isn't that good, but like benefits are pretty good and the employee turnover isn't that high. Mm-hmm. And that sort of thing matches up with a lot of things that you read in like the annual report to give you an idea of sort of the industry and it matches up with what you were expecting. So it, I think though what happens is that people look at Scuttlebutt, they want to be like, Oh, I want to, it's almost like they have all these boxes that they want to check for like yeah. the ideal investment. So they want to find that business that's like um, the customers love it and the employees love it and, you know, and um, all those sorts of things. Uh, And I don't know that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Amazon is less successful if it's a worse work environment than, you know, Google or whatever. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to compare it to other companies there. I I just don't think that that's what I care that much about As, as investors. You're not primarily caring about uh, whether employees like it or not. You're not primarily caring about whether all customers say that they like it. You're worrying about like if certain people say that they like it sure. or are loyal to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit before of the thing that you can risk. Um, uh, you, you have to know what drives things for the business. So, uh, um, and, and constantly I see with things that are like Scuttlebutt, mm-hmm. people get wrong because it's kind of like... Um, Say you're researching Starbucks, mm-hmm. okay? The only people you need to talk to are the people who are loyal Starbucks customers. Sure, yeah. You don't need to ask the people who it's not their favorite place mm-hmm. because you can just do the math. Yeah. The loyal ones go there a lot. Mm-hmm. It adds up to a huge percentage of, of trips there. It really is not that important what someone who prefers other things yeah. cares about. You got to ask them, like, what would it take for you to stop? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But you have to pick the right person that way. Mm-hmm. You, know? you want to go with someone that loves the product already, that's loyal. Right, mm-hmm. Th- that sense. matters that way. So you don't want to um, just put out kind of a general question, what are your opinions of, of, of the place that way? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's especially good with things that you don't understand yourself. Like when I t- – it, it sounds odd to people that I was like I spent all this time trying to research things about DreamWorks. But I, I think kids just, I think you just want to go see some movies. I want to see some movies. I think you did. But I don't have kids and stuff. So, like, I wouldn't naturally know all these things about it, which would be really obvious to other people. We yeah. talked about that with Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not an overweight middle-aged woman, <laughs> so I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I, sure. You know, so I don't have do friends that, that are going to Weight Watchers or whatever. So it's something that you have to figure out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Western Union was one that way, too. That was useful because uh, I was working with Quan, who who's, um, was in another country and knew a lot of people who used Western Union. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of thing that if you're an American citizen, you would know little to nothing about. Sure. And so it's really important to learn about those things. So Scuttlebutt's really useful in those cases. It's really useful in something like Tandy, right? You'd know until I talked to you about that, you, you didn't know that industry existed. Uh-huh. 
uh, Breeze Eastern. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't know that existed until you you looked at it. So those are the kinds of ones that's really useful. Interesting. Any other thoughts on the topic? Uh, Have you done Scuttlebutt before? Never actually talked to, or actually, here you go. Some Scuttlebutt I've done, which I don't Mm -hmm. even know if you consider Scuttlebutt, is talk to other investors. Now, of course, that's probably, I don't necessarily know if that's a good um, form of it because obviously... If they're long, they're going to tell me all the beautiful things about the business. And if, mm-hmm. it, if they're short, they're going to tell me other things. I have talked to past employees. Okay. Um, one of the best ways for me, believe it or not, is if I'm familiar with a company, I feel like reading about the 10K mm-hmm. is a lot smoother. Like I can understand Domino's right. Pizza or Papa John's Pizza or Coca-Cola because mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with the brands. Apple, Facebook, all those companies right. I understand because I understand the brands. Mm-hmm. So a form of scuttlebutt for me I, that I've done is just see, you know, just see the product. And then I feel like I understand it a lot more. Like, um, I came across ring central uh, lately and we use that for, um, for our firm's, um, uh, email and, or Mm -hmm. not email, our, our phone system and our, um, faxing system as well. Mm -hmm. So from that point of view, I was just much more familiar when I was sifting through the 10 K and reading about it. Um, you know, so for me, I think, a lot of scuttlebutt I've done is either talk to employees, people that are within the business and then actually using the product. Mm-hmm. For me, that I think is it kind of helps me just become more familiar with the business. Yeah, I think that's the thing people often um, sort of make fun of the Peter Lynch advice, mm-hmm. like buy what you know. Yeah. Right. But what he's talking about is combining stuff that, you know, from in terms of financial statements and things. Yeah. With real world things mm-hmm. right? and, and the way that those two work together. He's not suggesting that you know oh if you like mcdonald's go yeah, buy go that buy without McDonald's. looking yeah, at course. what the earnings are or and the what, price what or blah, the, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah all those things but yeah it, you're going to know a lot more about how that business works how it makes money and, and what drives things than you are with a lot of businesses that people invest in yeah and for me it's hard to read um i feel like uh pretty plain information if i'm not excited about it and it's like mm-hmm. i could get excited about facebook because i i understand the the I understand like the apps and, and the website and Instagram and WhatsApp mm-hmm. and everything that's within the business, right? I I could get excited about reading Amazon's um, 10K because I enjoy the book. I like Jeff Bezos. Right. I use the product often, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, it's actually I think using the product or at least understanding the product's point of view from what the company's doing to you know create cash flow and and, and revenues. Yeah, and, stuff like and that. that's the important part about Scalba is trying to create that for a business that you don't know those things about. Mm-hmm. So it's but like it's like Breeze Eastern or something. It's trying to say okay. So how is this like businesses that I like, you know, how can I figure that out Mm -hmm. to see why customers are using this, you know, to make it more than just the numbers that you have there. And I think it's very useful for people to, um, to do that. Uh, one downside is, you know, um, a lot of times people will like an idea more just because they did a lot of work on it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That could be, I mean, I can see that. Mm -hmm. I see that as a big problem. Like they're trying to figure it out and they think that they've come to some, important conclusion about it but it's not really that important there's a lot of studies that show too like more variables that go into an investment mm-hmm. people think that it's they could be combined to thinking it's going to be a worthwhile investment yeah yeah you can usually tell pretty early on how worthwhile it is to investigate something mm-hmm. in a big way um and it's really helpful to have that background before you do a lot of the scuttlebutt um mm-hmm. like i said i don't i you know a lot of people talk to management i don't really talk to management um uh, we do have some quotes from CFOs a lot of times. That's who we talk to. I don't find that that useful. By far, the one I found most useful was if we could ever talk to um, store managers. Mm-hmm. Well, like you, we've talked about that before in the past. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they're they're right there at you know on the front lines. They're mm-hmm. incredible people to talk to to get information. Yeah, 
And, and so we did that, and, and we talked to some other people who, like, uh, made actual loan decisions and stuff. And mm-hmm. so that kind of thing's useful, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I think I think that's a good point, too, for people that aren't doing it. Try to learn more about the products, too. Obviously, like, mm-hmm. stocks are not just, we always talk about it. They're not just pieces of paper. They're actual fundamental businesses. And sometimes I feel like people leave that out or they're not familiar with actual the products that they sell. They're just so focused on the number side of things, the financial sides of things, you know? Yeah. And, and like I said, the more skull that you do, the more like immediately you kind of imagine how things might be yeah. the way they are. I mean, I was talking to someone recently and he wanted to do some scuttlebutt on something. And I was saying, okay, well here are sort of guesses that we could make about this. Like um, in this case, it was that the guesses are, it's probably a really great product and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's probably not that easy. It's probably pretty expensive. They didn't give into information about it, but they kind of gave some information on how few they sold and it's probably not that convenient from the perspective of like their sales force and stuff. Sure. And so I said, you know, ask questions about their sales force and, and how they sell things. And it was just stuff that was in the 10K about how they were selling through independent um, salespeople instead of people that were all a dedicated sales force that they had. Some things that they gave about like other information. That there's things. So you read the 10K and you find those sort of keywords that you can then ask people about. So you don't. It's not going to be helpful to ask general questions, but when you do get to sit down with uh, someone who's a management or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have and you have this is my specific question about your sales force, sure, you can get a really good answer. You know, the other thing is never ask more than like three to five questions of someone ever. Like keep it to that. really, yeah. Don't give them some big list of things. Mm-hmm. Keep it very simple into what exactly you want answered that way. Yeah, I would definitely give that advice. Yeah, if you could have three questions that you have like the three perfect questions to ask someone. It's a lot harder for someone to say no to sure. here. Here's three questions. Answer them at, at your leisure. Uh, yeah, that's a lot harder than um, can I have a lot of your time to, yeah. to talk. Here's my 60 questions. Yeah. To talk open ended about things. And also, if you know things that if you know things really well, that's useful because what you can do. So a lot of times people are surprised by how much people will talk to you, but basically they like talking about their job. Sure. So if you can relate it to the actual function that they perform in the company, mm-hmm. people love that's to talk what they want to talk about. Right? It. Yeah, that that's what they want to talk about. So if you, you know if it's a store manager, what you really want to do is like, how do you run your store? How do you make your decisions and things? Yeah. Now, as an investor, that might not be the way you would think of phrasing it, but that's the way to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And then ask five different store yeah, managers. You're probably and, not going to ask how much free cash flow does this bu- does this business do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to know who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, but, but if you ask things that are all, you know, decisions that they make themselves and stuff, yeah, then they're very happy to talk to you about that. And that could be anyone in the company for, you know, whatever that they, they do. I mean, we talked about Breeze Eastern and, um, those people were very interested in talking to us about it. Uh, the customers in that case, because like I said, I don't think that anyone had ever, you know, I don't think that their boss had ever really asked them about why they made those choices and things. Um, and so they were very happy to say, oh, this is why I use this one. This is why I do this. This is how much this would cost. Mm-hmm. And especially people who are like engineers and things like that, like to talk to you about those things. We run into that with IT things too. They mm. are very excited to tell you all about, of course, yeah. you know, technical things about it. That, yeah. Interesting. I think another form of good form of scuttlebutt to see what the short sellers are saying or the people on the other mm-hmm. side of the train, you know, on the other side who are saying that, you know, 
they're betting against obviously a different thesis than you are, but I think that's still good to take into consideration to yeah. see what the other side is saying. Yeah. You mentioned uh, talking to other investors mm-hmm. and that's actually what Phil Fisher said that when he went back through his records, he found that his best ideas were actually referred to him by other investors, by other analysts who really? knew him well really, and knew the kind of things he was looking for, uh-huh. whereas he thought it'd be academics or all sorts of other things. And that's what I found true. Uh, it, that's what I've found to be true also is that, um, if you uh, other investors are usually your best source for like ideas sure um but it's usually ones who know you in some know way what you're looking for yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they knew with phil fisher that he was looking for long-term buy and hold growth stocks yeah. right mm-hmm. people know not to come to me with some trading idea about you know <laughs> whatever it might be yeah and so they have a pretty good idea of what kind of things i'm interested in and so they'll bring some very interesting things that way um, and very often people bring the most interesting thing that they have. Um, that's very, it's very true that like, uh, with investors, you know, if you looked at their portfolio, mm-hmm. it might not be that interesting, but the one stock they want to talk to you about it could yeah. be really interesting. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. It's probably the one they know the most too, right? The one they mm-hmm. want to talk about the most. Yeah. So the people are a very good source of that kind of thing and it can help you frame, uh, what kind of scuttlebutt to do. Sure. If they talk to you about that. Um, it, Scalabot is most useful in microcaps where the annual report isn't that helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Like I said, I mean, they're not going to really talk to. I mean, there's no need to necessarily go and Scalabot like Facebook or Amazon or I mean, you could just mm-hmm. Google and you'll find whatever the heck you want to know. Yeah, so it's most useful with companies where unless you want to talk to employees, but on the culture, which I could see, but mm-hmm. yeah, cool. Any other thoughts on the topic? Nope. That that's it. I I think it, it is useful to do scuttlebutt. I think it's best to do it on microcap type companies and best to do it uh, focusing on lower level employees who have most contact with customers. If anything, if you're not going to gain any sort of informational edge from it, I think it's just good just so you could learn more about the business and familiarize yourself more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there and a lot of it is easy to do through yeah. online things mm-hmm. and through just going to locations of different things that. That some companies have, especially look if it's a retail thing, if it's a customer facing thing, the consumer facing, there's no reason that you shouldn't yeah. go to uh, a location. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It's like an Apple store. You don't really see a lot of people too sad in an Apple store. <laughs> yeah. So true. Perfect. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to today's podcast. Um, if you are interested in getting access to investment ideas, feel free to go to focuscompounding.com and sign up using the podcast promo code, which is podcast. Also, uh, Jeff writes um, a 500-plus word memo mm-hmm. once a week on an investing principle. Um, a lot of people have signed up for that distribution list. So if that's something you're interested in, it is free. Yeah, it's um, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, that's right. Mm-hmm. You can go to our homepage and put in your your email right there, and that will be in your inbox on Sunday morning. And that's all we use that email address for. That is just correct. to send you that. There, there's no marketing material that comes with it. No marketing material. But other than that, thank you very much, Jeff. Have a great day. Everybody else, we'll see you in the next podcast.